0: You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast.
1: To another edition, Vegas Bad Boys podcast, and it is I, DJ Impact, and I got Matt Matt Michaels with us in Simon Street. We don't have Sin City Steve. He is uh, he is stuck inside of a movie theater and they're torturing him right now by replaying AEW Revolution So,
2: is that really what's happened I thought he was stuck in eternal hell and damnation of booking
1: (laughs) yeah I I, you know good luck I hope he makes it back if we see him next Mm -hmm. week I mean he got through his torture if we don't well oh well that big bill
2: got him right (laughs) big
1: bill (laughs) big bill (laughs) Welcome everybody to our 3 count show. Uh first off, if you're watching us live, make sure to feel free to throw your comments in the box from Facebook Live, Twitch, or YouTube. We like to love to hear your uh comments in our stories for today. And if you are not watching us live and you downloaded, we always appreciate you. Thank you. And we see you everybody including our our worldwide listeners. Okay, we see you. Shout out to all y'all out there. We never shot you out, but we see you always when we're looking at our our, our breakdowns and going, okay, man, we're reaching countries all the way out there. So shout out to all of you all as well. All right, let's get right into our three counts. It's time. The biggest bad boys of podcasting present one, two, three. Count talk. <laughs> Count talk, oh, baby. baby. All right, let's get to our first count. And that is when WWE found out about Sonia DeVille's arrest. This is from ringsidenews.com. All right, this is how it reads. Sonia DeVille was arrested in New Jersey when she was caught with a firearm that she didn't have proper permit for. She has carried a weapon since her horrifying stalker incident in 2020, but she hadn't made it legal yet in New Jersey. That February 19th arrest didn't break until March 1st, but, but news of her arrest traveled fast within WWE. So, Ringside News had uh, reached out to ask about Sonya Deville's situation, and we were told by a tenured member of the staff that the creative team was notified of her arrest when it happened. After all, the situation could have very likely thrown a wrench in any plan to use her in the immediate short term. Now, the initial report of her arrest from TMZ noted that, quote, WWE sources indicated there was no heat on Sonya Deville with the understanding of why she would want to protect herself following the stalker and home invasion situation, end quote. Now, Sonya Deville stalker Philip Thomas II was arrested and charged with aggravated stalking. The armed burglar attempted armed kidnapping and criminal mischief. Now, Mandy Rose was actually staying with Sonya Deville at the time, a fact that was attention grabbing because the two were currently engaged in a SummerSlam feud. A protective order to keep Thomas away from Sonya was also filed, and Deville was understandably traumatized by the entire situation. So in 2021, Judge Barbara Twine ruled that Sonia Deville stalker was unfit to stand trial. And the stalker was sent to a mental health facility in June 22, 2021. And it's not known if Thomas is still in that facility. But Wrestling Inc. has reported that the case is now listed as closed in regulated legal documents. The case was finally closed in April 2022. We will have to see. When Soyan DeVille returns to WWE television, judging by the response she received from fans after the story broke, she might have just turned herself into a massive baby face after this gun arrest. Interesting. Uh, Huh. Let me go over to you, um, Simon Street, on this one, man. Um, What do you think? I mean, she got caught uh, with the gun. It wasn't registered. Got arrested. Of course, the news... Fly by, anybody get arrested, that's going to make news. And, uh, you know, WWE said, hey, we understand. Uh, what do you th- What do you think about this, man, uh, about this story?
2: Well, first and foremost, I, I kind of want to point out a couple things. First of all, just off of when it's happening right then and there, it's a very serious, serious, serious thing to be in. As you know, a lot of sports athletes and rappers get caught with fire weapons or firearms on them all the time and don't have the proper paperwork. What is different between some situations like that in this is that um, more or less she does have she just didn't have the paperwork. So it probably was expired. Let's put it that way. Most likely she probably had it. But if she didn't, that is a bit of a problem. And I get it. I totally understand. And I think it's great that. Um, you know, WWE is providing some grace given the situation, but at the end of the day, you still have to be responsible. It's no different than anything else, especially with firearms, because mm-hmm. you have to look at the bigger picture. The bigger picture is, is the purpose of paperwork for firearms is so that if it falls into the wrong hands, you then have more of a, of, a, of a story that can build. Okay, if I have a firearm and it's registered to me, and let's say something happens, my house gets broken too, or if it, you know, goes missing, right? Yeah. People can find out and say, okay, whether a murder or something was committed with this or a crime was committed, right? Yeah. They can go back and find out for me, hey, we found your gun, blah, 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 at the scene of a crime, yada, yada, yada. That's where it starts. When you don't have the paperwork, it then becomes a problem. And so it's the irresponsibility. I get that Sonya Deville went through a horrendous situation and, yeah. and I feel for her and she should protect herself as all of us, whether we've been in a situation or not. Mm-hmm. But what i do say at the end of the day is she's got to clean this up she's really got to make sure that this never happens again um you got to register these things I, i'm just gonna be i don't know what her history is of being a gun owner but anybody that owns a gun knows you got it you got to get it registered yeah. it just it i don't know it's, if you got a car and you get it registered you should have a firearm and get it registered you know so yeah. uh, uh, again trying to paint it as being a baby face i get what some of the empathy that the writer of this article was trying to go for. But at the end of the day, I don't think she's going to make a baby face. If anything, we want to make sure as you, you're someone that we want to put in for future events and plans, we need you to be a little bit more responsible. So I got I to gotta be just give her a little bit of criticism on that one. I'm glad she's safe. I'm glad she's yeah. being safe, but she got to be more responsible.
1: Let me ask you about that, Matt, Michael. So if, if, we're, if Simon Street is right, and I think most would probably say you should have some sort of paperwork that should go along with a firearm was wwe's response The correct response um should they hadn't mentioned something in in terms of what simon is saying that oh yes we support her but you know there should maybe had been some sort of uh, um paperwork that should have been filed you know but we still excuse because we understand why because it could possibly be looked at that WWE is just like okay well you know she's trying to protect herself because it happened maybe other wrestlers might do the same thing what's your take on that on this on this particular uh, situation
0: so there's a couple things uh, first is from what i gather from the story is the gun didn't have registration in jersey right but I think it was registered to her in Florida because that's where she lives. So Jersey's gun laws, I think, are different. See, this is one of the problems we have is that from state to state, there are different gun laws. So it makes it a little more confusing and complex. Um, And um, that's, you know, that's an interesting factor to it. But let's go back to the old days. And the fact of the matter is, is that when you had the uh, territories, <laughs> these guys would drive with their guns and take mm-hmm. them into the locker room <laughs> <laughs> and threaten the fuck out of each other.
2: <laughs> Got a lot of stories about them. <laughs>
0: You know, it's it's interesting, you know, the, the difference of what it was like in the 70s and what it's like now. Um, we obviously have more progressive gun laws, um, and it was kind of like the Wild West back then. So, uh, you know, guys have been carrying guns for a long time. And back then, it was carrying a gun to show whose dick was bigger, right? Right. You know, don't fuck with me. You know, I got a bigger gun than you. Right. Um, now, you know, in these situations, um, it, 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 you, you have to figure that, um, if you're not traveling with security, if you can't afford a security team to go with you, then, and if you know your way around a gun, if you're trained, mm-hmm. uh, which Sony Deville, to my knowledge is a trained, uh, gun owner and then uh it's just making sure that you um you got the uh the okay you know in the state that you're in um john just brought up a great point which is a a story of uh, bruce pritchard actually had his gun with him at an arena and um the, the story goes that he didn't want to leave it at JBL's house, so he took it with him to the arena, and because the gun was shown that, you know, Bruce actually had the gun, someone saw it, um, Stephanie fired him. He got fired. That's how he lost his job last time. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and that was a number of years ago, too. So, the, the interesting factor is uh, she didn't show up to work with it so yeah. if she shows up to work with it um, just like oh who the hell was it was it uh, Gilbert Arenas in the uh, N- NBA who showed up with work uh, with his guns to the wizards one day and uh, yeah. he was gone yeah. so. Uh, yeah, you can't go to work with your gun, but, uh, this was, this was in travel. So she, she just got busted for it. Gotcha. All
1: right there. Well, miss, uh, miss Sonia, uh, make sure that, uh, when you fly any state with it, you go, uh, you go right to the County office and register it for every state. (laughs)
2: But you know what's interesting, though? Uh, I know we can't go look it up or anything. We ain't got enough time. But I would definitely like to think there's other things like traveling nurses. Right. What if you're a traveling nurse and you carry your heat on? you, Right. You would probably know, OK, if I'm going to go state to state. Right. For my work. What are the proper things I need to do? If I know I'm going to be in Maryland, like you just say it. Mm-hmm. Again, there might need to be some further education that WWE is going to have to provide for their talents so that way this type of thing doesn't
0: happen. Yeah, but, but, it, but it also is, you know, it's their responsibility because 100%. it's not the company, so I, I don't think they should provide it. I think the talent needs to provide it, and if the talent doesn't show up with the gun, then... You know, whatever they do on their personal time or even in their travel time, it's not the company's time. So um that becomes guys. A guys,
1: guys <laughs> WWE talent, we need everyone here in, an extra hour earlier so we could go over gun, <laughs> watch a video. Gun sensitivity classes, okay? <laughs> and we it's need all gun protocol. To sign off on it.
2: <laughs> El, hold on, hold on. I have even better. The class will be taught by. Please, shh. Chad Gable. Oh,
0: man. No, c- class can be taught by Jeff Hardy.
1: Oh, shit. <laughs> Next. <laughs> All right, y'all, number two. Let's go right into it. Aubrey Edwards responds to critics who think she is too involved in AEW matches. Now, this is from WrestlingHeadlineNews.com. All right. This is how it reads. It says that AEW star referee Aubrey Edwards recently appeared on Renee Paquette's the Sessions podcast to discuss the criticism she receives for her work in the promotion, specifically how some believe that she gets too involved in matchups and highlights from the interview can be found below. So it says here one receiving criticism for being too involved in matches And I guess this is hers talking here. It says, when it first started happening, it was something where I was like, oh, Twitter is eventually going to hate me because I'm a woman. That's going to just happen. I'm really good about not listening to criticism. That doesn't matter. I listen to constructive criticism. That's where I've been focused. So if Jericho is putting me in a match and he's shoving me and wants me to shove him back, I'm going to do it. It's ultimately not my decision. It's a decision because it's his story, and I'm here to help elevate the story that he's telling. All right, the next one says says she never tried to be a character. It just worked out that way due to fans loving her. And then she says this. It's not like I try to be a character. It's just just some sort like they figured out I have a very go-getter personality and a very no-nonsense. And as people pick me in matches, they were like, oh, I – Shove her. I get a lot of heat for that. Let's do that, and it's happened naturally. It was never something I intended. It was something that happened because the wrestlers asked me to do things in matches, and I do them. And then it says here, how did indie refs were criticize her, then reach out for a job? And then she says, I get none at AEW because all the guys are freaking great. They are all absolutely incredible. I will hear some criticism online from other referees that are on the indies. Dudes, why are you criticizing people on TV? Don't you want a job? I don't focus on the criticism. I focus on how silly people are. Why are you criticizing something online and then shooting me a DM about getting a job at AEW? We're, we're not going to do that if you just shit all over me. And then it just ends by saying aside from referee Edwards is also working uh, Okay, that's never mind. All right, so that's pretty much the the end of that. So let's go over to you, Mr. Matt Michaels. Uh, Fans are criticizing that she's just too involved in matches. She says, hey, I'm just doing what I'm told to do. I'm I'm elevating the talent's storyline. What's your take on this?
0: Uh, pretty much, uh, your facial example right there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, wow, what a bunch of bullshit. Um, uh, are we really believing this, Aubrey? Um, listen, first off, you know, you can be critical of referees when referees are noticed, okay? Right. The job is not to be noticed unless. There is an actual angle going on, right? right that involves them. Um, and this is this is a very interesting point here. John just said uh, when he saw AEW debut in Seattle in January, Aubrey got the biggest pop of the crowd chance, uh, and then Jericho and Ricky starts, um, and it was crazy. Well, Aubrey's from Seattle. Okay, um, it doesn't matter though if the fans like you, right? Why? Because a referee is the glue between backstage and the performers. They're not a performer. It's as simple as that. And I think what we've seen AEW do is allow these referees to make themselves performers. And it's very easy to say, well, Jericho told me to do this in the match. That's good. Jericho tells you to do that in the match. Great. But that should be the one thing you do in that match, that one spot, that one moment. That's it. And, I, you know, it's it's an old school mentality. um, But it's, you know, it's fairly true. When a referee is getting too much attention from the crowd, then who gives a fuck about what is happening in the ring? You've upstaged the actual performers who matter to your company. And I think that that's what we're seeing. I honestly, um, when I look at it, I think that this is an example of how Tony Khan allows the people in the company to have an ego about themselves. Right. Right. And you would never hear this from a WWE employee, for good reason. Because the referees are not out there doing interviews. <laughs> that
1: says a lot, right there. Right. And you know, in the WWE, you know, we there's like a, a certain respect for the referees in terms of you don't you don't put your hands on them. You know, you're just something that you don't do. That ought to When you do that, then they're talking. You know, disqualification fines. But in her world, if you put hands on her, she's just gonna fight you back. And it's like, well, when you do that, now you're you're becoming talent. You're not. You're more than just a referee. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're, you're you're now part of the show. You know, I'll, I'll tell you this, and I'll, I'll get your uh, thought, Simon Street. I, it was a match on SmackDown. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was Rhea Ripley and Liv's match. I think that's the match it was, but it was a part in, in, in there where um you know there was a distraction between Rhea and Dominic. And yeah, Michael, she was in the corner, and Michael Cole goes, Hey, I wish the referee do his damn job. Mm-hmm. Now it was funny because when he said that. You know, you never, you really, really never hear that. And it made me look at the referee. And when I looked at the referee, I was like, you know what? That's kind of funny. I'm not actually interested. I'm not, I never, I wasn't sure who he was. He looked new to me. He looked like he was a brand new referee. And I was like, okay, well, maybe that, that plays a good job because he's new to it. Maybe he does need to do his job, but it was just one of those things where it didn't even pay, you know, the ref wasn't the main part of the show until Cole ended up mentioning it.
0: You know. and, and that's a, that's a very good point. That's yeah. a very good point. You let the commentator flavor the picture. That's right. And you don't create the picture.
1: Yeah. And when he and when he did it, I, and I, it made me look at him. I was like, hell, I didn't even know he looked new to me. He's not the regular referees. I'm familiar with Simon Street. What was your take, man? When you uh uh you hear Aubrey just saying, "Hey, man, I'm just doing my job here." what you think?
2: Well, I, I think exactly that. I mean, there's not much to really read and stretch on that one. I mean, she's just doing a damn job. I mean, you know, she ain't cutting paychecks. However, I, I, I really am not going to spend too long. So if you can hit a timer for me, just one minute or whatever the minute you got, count it in your head. I hate to have to make this conversation because Sin City Steve is not there, but this is the difference between WWE and AEW. And for me personally, that's okay. Because AEW presents themselves as any and everything that is not functionally uh, WWE optics. It, it just is what it is, and the crazy thing is, at least from my perspective, this is what makes AEW special and original. Because they're not following the script. Yes, does it make any type of sense? Hell to the no. But for some reason, when it comes to Aubrey, it just it makes sense. And so if you watch the product and you're a fan of it, this is a normal commonplace, you know, weekly. Uh, John has said a comment (laughs) earlier, getting involved in matches is like moxley bleeding. It's a weekly occurrence. This is something that happens all the time, but it goes back to what she said in the article. Mm -hmm. She's just doing what she's doing. AEW, AEW to me, and I'll stop with this. AEW is when you allow your child to order something on the menu at an expensive steak restaurant and you don't give a shit how much it costs you when you get the bill. That's AEW. Anything goes, we ripping up contracts, whatever, we're just gonna do what the hell we want. Some people like it, some people hate it.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, well, it's
2: reflective on the owner. There you go. It's reflective, it's reflective on the adult letting the kid order a steak uh, not cooked and thinking like, the
1: shit's cool. Wait, y'all talking about the Booker of the Year? Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about Booker. No, not self-proclaimed. No, so I, forgot,
2: I forgot. Wrestling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank yeah. you, Mr. Meltzer. <laughs> Do we have All a fart right.
2: noise for that? We have Fort Noise for that.
1: We don't have a fort we have to we have to find one of those. We gotta find one for any time Meltzer prophesizes.
2: Have like choir sing in the background, and then at the end just a like,
1: All right, here we go. Count number three. Three! And this one is Triple H wants a smaller WrestleMania card. WWE talent unhappy about not being on the show. This is from WrestlingNews.co. Now, this uh, article uh, we pulled uh, a week ago. So uh, let's read it and see what it was saying here. It says that this year WrestleMania card will not include a lot of names this year. WrestlingNews.co is told that Triple H wants a small card this year, which means a lot of names that have been working on TV and live events throughout the year will be hanging out backstage during the show. In prior years, there was an effort to include as many wrestlers on the card as possible, and a battle royal would be added to the card to at least give the undercard a chance to be featured on the show. We're told that this year there's no battle royal plan, and the only small handful of talents are being used. There's also... There's also some unhappiness about some of the slots on the show being used by legends and celebrities. Obviously, things could change, but those we those we spoke to were not happy about being involved in the company's biggest show of the year in Los Angeles. All right, Simon Street, this was yours uh, article here. What's your take on Triple H wanting... A smaller WrestleMania card?
2: I think it's kind of smart. You know, uh, I think that although I do love a jam packed uh, match to match WrestleMania two nights, um, it can sometimes for us that have gone be a bit exhausting. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. How did you feel impact going to what? Two or well, one last year, right? Was the first time we went live to a two nighter jam-packed mm-hmm. it was great but man was it exhausting yeah michaels how did you feel watching for the last what three i think three years since the pandemic right two nights jam-packed it's a little exhausting or are you okay you got like pace with it. Are you okay with it
0: well you know the issue here is and he, he never said anything about cutting two days
2: no no i'm not saying two days but just, just bear with me on this one yeah I'm saying in the sense of is you can't fit everything into two days and you want to find things that's uh, that that coincides of what's going on with the majority of what you got the last, let's say, month and a half or the road to WrestleMania. Right. I get that. We're going to have Logan Paul for the second WrestleMania. I'm not excited about it as well. However, he earned his right to get there more or less. Okay. We're probably not. We're not going to have Stone Cold as far as a match, which was a longer match than what we needed. Um, I've noticed some things have changed to where more people are being utilized on shows. So I don't understand the complaining. Whoever these people are, you're getting utilized. Are more of the rosters getting utilized on a weekly taping basis than they ever have before? Yeah, you didn't get to WrestleMania. I get that, but I'd be honest with you. Your ass is probably on TV a hell of a lot more than what you would have been, what, four or five years ago. There'd be some people, we you're not going to be on WrestleMania, and we didn't see you on TV for half the year, and you was just sitting there on the roster on on uh, under contract. So I just wanted to point this out to see what you guys' take was on this one. I think there's a lot of complaining that's going on. I don't even think any of this is substantiated. I think it's just a stretch for someone trying to make a name for themselves. I'm sorry to have to sound like Matt Michaels a little bit, but – uh, you know, and uh Angel uh Armbolas. I'm sorry I messed up your name. That's a bit of a stretch, you know. Come on now.
1: Well, let me ask you, Mr. Matt Michaels. I mean there um yeah, apparently there's some talent that is upset because uh, you know, they're in Los Angeles is not gonna be on the biggest show. Uh apparently, because triple H wants to shorten the <laughs> Well what, what's your take on this man
0: uh so the interesting thing is uh there's no mention of people actually complaining
1: yeah I you know what like
0: like did 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 angel just uh kind of invent this out of the blue um <laughs> uh, like who's the sources you know that's that's right. the interesting thing about that Now, the only reason that this becomes an issue is because the WrestleMania payday is the biggest payday of the year. And in the past, that's why they've done the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. That's why they did the Raw versus SmackDown Battle Royals. Um, It was just to get them on the card so that uh, there's more income coming in for them because of the way the contracts are written for WrestleMania.
1: Um, So... Well, well, that know, was so nice. Of, that was so nice of Vince McMahon to do that. This Triple H guy, he's just selfish. He doesn't have a brain like Vince, you know.
0: Yeah, well, you know that's that's the whole thing. Um, you know,
1: Vince. Uh, I'm joking, people. See, people listen to the podcast going, "What is DJ talking about?" <laughs> I'm just bullshit. And,
0: and then and then DJ says that kind of shit, but then in per- in private, he's like, you know, Vince McMahon is very much a genius. And- <laughs> So, you know, it's take it, take it for what he's saying right now. <laughs> uh, no, it, you know, the the thing is, is that um, I think the, the bigger factor here is that the complaint is basically working into what I was saying. You have two days. So there's no reason you couldn't do a couple pre-show matches that would fit in these people, you know, who might not get on the main card. Um, that's why you have that battle royal. You could do each night. You know, I think that wasn't that the whole thing they were going to do the uh, women's battle royal too? I don't know if they ever ended up doing that because it was like the Mula. Yeah yeah, the yeah. 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 So, yeah. I think they
2: did it the night before, or not the night before. They did it the, the last or uh, while before. Or something. Or something, yeah. something like that. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, you know, it, it's it's all interesting about how the logistics work on that, but what's interesting to me is that um, if you aren't using as many people, that means the matches go longer, right? Because you have two days now. Now, if you weren't going to utilize all those people, then why not make it one day again? Just saying, you know that's. I'm all for one day.
2: I, yeah, I was just about to say, impact is all for one day.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but now remember, it the goes back. By- the two day was an accident. Well, it was, never, day- it was never planned to be that way.
2: Of course, it, of course, it was brought it was on by the pandemic. That, that's what it was. Well, it was the pandemic. It,
1: it right. brought on, and they did it because they had to have people separated from the seats right. because of, okay, and well, then that from, the,
0: from the seats. Remember. In 2020, when the pandemic was going on, the performers all couldn't be in the same building yep. at the same time. Uh-huh. So that's why they made it two nights. And then the, in 21, that's when they started using, oh, yeah, we have the the seats have to be spread out. Yep. And then in 22, they realized, oh, you know what? Fuck it. That's a lot more money we're taking in. <laughs> right.
2: They had a Tiffany epiphany. <laughs> yes they did
0: yes yes that they were threatening their uh their uh, they were stratting themselves where they the uh, <laughs> the uh to the, to the money bank money window there yeah to the bank exactly it was doing
2: the muscle the
0: muscle dance the muscle dance
2: and that the muscle yeah. dance
0: yes everyone's doing the muscle dance but but in reality go back to one day and you know what happens You think you're paying a lot now. Wait until you see the ticket price on the one day because now they got to compensate because they'd make Mm -hmm. twice as much for two days. So now you're paying not only what you'd pay for two days, but probably a little bit more. So, you know, in the end, you're going to be paying at some point the price you'd be paying to see three WrestleMania's for one ticket.
2: Look. (laughs) Look, it's getting so expensive now, it'd it be to the point to where people are going to be sleeping in, in two beds together and you ain't even married just to save some money on hotel room costs.
0: No, it, it's in L.A. Everyone's going to be joining the people on the streets.
2: Well, there you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's bad. That's horrible. I shouldn't have laughed about that. Um, we should make you wonder how people like Smiley and Friends all seem to always get the very front row seats all the time. I really wish I knew what they were uh doing to uh to be able to force such top of the line seats for every mega show. You know those seats if you go through Ticketmaster at 10 grand. Oh, well. If you want to be You front know what row. it is
2: though, right? It's the Miley Luminati.
0: in the
1: green shirt.
0: The Luminati. Okay? <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? Why don't you start working harder and make the money that he makes?
2: Yeah, impact. Work harder and, and find a way to only have two hours. And you know and what? Twenty-four days of free time.
0: And you know <laughs> what? That's total bullshit because you know Smiley. He can't afford Beyonce tickets. <laughs> you know
2: what? To be real, impress my ass, and be in the front row in Beyonce concert. Impress me. I bet you that's way more than 10000 Yeah.
0: Yeah. You see him at Beyonce, dude, then you know something's going Mm -hmm. on with that, dude. He
2: Look, you know what? You know what? He just sold his soul. Where Moxley has to give blood weekly to be successful in AEW, he just had to sell his whole soul.
1: (laughs) Well, and (laughs) listen, by the way, it's just not him. He's got a couple of friends that are are also fuzzy slippers. (laughs) That's all you got to
2: do. In fact, you got to sell your fuzzy slippers.
0: That that will make up all the money.
2: That sounds like code word for something else, man. You got to give up your fuzzy slippers. Wow. Tony Con,
0: Tony Khan will gladly buy all your fuzzy slippers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just have some of this white powder
1: here. The white fuzzies. <laughs> <white laughs> <white laughs> oh my god! Hold now on. Do I, the bunny hop. <laughs> I knew I was. I knew I was going to have to use this. Shame. Yeah. Shame. Look. Look, shame is that you didn't
2: do it sooner to save you some money on the front row seats, Impact.
1: Oh, man. He can't
0: be doing the nose muscle dance. <laughs> Not- <laughs> Hit him shame. again with
1: it. Ugh.
0: Shame.
2: Shame oh. there wasn't more at the party. It was only one baggie. Guess you had to <laughs> split it.
1: <laughs> All right, John. Um, that is our three count. As there usual, thanks to everybody for hanging out. We appreciate you. We're glad to be back. And we'll be seeing you uh at least up to uh up to mania, you know. I know I probably won't be here that weekend, so these guys will be, you know. Oops,
2: please, I'm chilling at my house and I'm watching it on a projector.
1: Yeah you're I more think- than welcome
2: love- to join yeah. in and I'm getting tons of wings and pizza and all types of no. alcohol. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we're going to we're going to record some stuff, DJ, and make sure that it plays for that weekend, because I don't think anyone's going to be watching our podcast while WrestleMania is going on. No, for both. because we are charging five hundred dollars a ticket for the podcast for Sunday night at WrestleMania. So. <laughs>
2: and also, too, you didn't tell him, Michaels. We've also devised a plan to where between the four of us, we're going to be divided between shirts and skins. We're gonna do a drawing who's gonna pick which gonna wear shirts and who's gonna wear skins. All right. There
1: you go. Cool. A lot going on. A lot going on. And I just want to thank everybody again for hanging out with us and um chilling with our nonsense and craziness. We do this for y'all. All right. That's it for me. Simon Street, what you want to tell the good people?
2: Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Appreciate each and every one of us. And just remember that when you're feeling down and glum, just remember somewhere over the rainbow, way up high, you know the rest of the song. Have a good day.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, I hope that's the lyrics because we'll, we'll, we do have a, a, a team that will go through and check to make sure what, what you were saying were correct. Matt Michaels, which one? Well, let's hope it's not the lyrics or else we're going to have to pay royalties. So, uh, why
0: well, didn't I say the whole
2: lyrics? I said part of it. Shit, <laughs>
0: no, you don't have to. You don't have to. if <laughs> you played the song, then we're in trouble. Uh, uh, let's see, what is it? Um, uh, God bless our troops and everyone serving this country, I believe, is what he says. Um, uh, uh my facial hair is trimmed and groomed by uh JTG's facial beard uh trimmer and grooming um Paul Heyman didn't pay royalties in e- in ECW and uh Rep Sports use the code Vegas to get 10% off of all your workout needs from Rep Sports and uh USA USA
1: Hey there you go, go, go Ohio <laughs> Buckeyes. Oh. Thank you, Sin City uh, Matt Michaels. A dub, hey dub. Oh god. Alright, y'all. We all oh, get yeah. here.
2: He's gonna come for your ass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Peace. The biggest bad boys of podcast.